Good morning. If there was a time in world history, and I realize I've only lived a short period of time in our world history, that there was a need for those who know Christ to truly step up and express that reality in our world, it's now. And nobody can do what God has for you to do except you if you're willing to do it. And so as we talk about the Holy Spirit, this journey in truth that we're in and right now in the Holy Spirit, as we talk about this, then the thing that we want to know is, are we truly allowing the Holy Spirit to have his place in our life? And I mentioned last week that we all came up maybe in different um, understanding of the Holy Spirit. In my case, I was kind of led to be fearful because it was called the Holy Ghost and it would make me do weird things. And so that was kind of my background. Hopefully yours wasn't like that. But when the Holy Spirit has his place, and please realize that when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about the third person of the Trinity. And so we're talking about God. And are we truly allowing him to have the place that he is designed to have by God in our lives? We're going to talk about that as Jesus finishes up his earthly ministry, as he's getting ready to die, and he's talking to his disciples. He talks to them about the Holy Spirit. Now, that being said, let's go back a little bit. Some of you have heard this many times over the years, but ask yourself this question. If you are one of those guys, those disciples with Jesus, and you have been with him now for three years, and you've watched him do life, and in the doing of life, he has fed thousands of people with a small amount of food. He has healed those who were sick. He's cast out demons. He's even raised people from the dead. So if you were there watching those events take place and you knew they were real because you were seeing them yourself, what would be the question you would ask Jesus? What would be the request that you would have as one of his followers to carry out ministry? Lord, teach me how to raise the dead because, man, that draws a crowd. Or feed the multitude? Are you kidding me? With Particularly today with the economy as it is, we could really help a lot of folks. But having observed all that he was doing, those men made a connection that I hope that you have made as well. And here's what it was. Lord, teach us to pray. Can you say that? Lord, teach us to pray to pray. Now, I can tell you that as a child, my parents taught me how to pray. As an adult who came to know Christ, I have learned a lot more about prayer. In fact, what I have truly learned in my own personal journey is that over the years, I've developed a prayer that I pray every day. Well, I may miss a couple days, but I'm telling you, this is like my daily prayer. And in that prayer, as God has led me to involve Scripture and how all this works, I'm praying for my world. When I say my world, the world as it is that I can see. 
family, ministry, nationally, locally, whatever. It's in that prayer. That's a part of my prayer life. That is not my prayer life. Because what I've truly learned in this, as we go through life every day, we're learning, we should be learning to pray as the Holy Spirit leads us, as he prompts us to do so. And it might be that he would wake you up in the middle of the night and have you pray for somebody. That's happened to me. That's happened to others that I know. Or I'm driving down the street and I see a vehicle that reminds me of somebody because I know they drive a similar vehicle and that's a prompting for me to pray. Not the phone that I have now, but the one that I had before. I probably should have kept it, I guess. It was my spiritual reminder to pray for people because it would literally be laying on my desk and I would look down and it would be calling somebody. Now, obviously, it was somebody who was in my contact list. And at first, I would just turn it off real quick, hoping they wouldn't, that it wouldn't go through. But as time went on, I realized, wait a minute, this, this is something kind of cool that God's doing. And so, he can use a phone, okay, just so you know. And so, when that person would answer, I'd say, hey, how you doing? Okay, what's up? Well, my phone just called you, and I'm thinking that you need prayer. So, what do you want to pray for? And they would typically have something to pray for. And so I just did that. I, I would still do that even today. But I, I guess I went from a smartphone to a dumb phone because this one doesn't do it. As we're living this life out in this incredible, amazing, supernatural journey that God has us on. And we do so with the Holy Spirit having his place in our life. Then every day, all day, we're in conversation because remember God made a spirit, soul, and body. So yes, I'm on a job, particularly those who may, if I'm not careful, I'll lose a digit or I'll lose a limb or lose my life. And so I want to be very careful of paying attention. But at the same time, my spirit, spirit, soul, and body, my spirit is attuned to the spirit of God. And in that I am in prayer, I was reading a writer this week, and he said, that scripture said, pray always. He said, man, that thing threw me for a loop. How, he said, how can I do that? You know, I've got life, I've got family, I've got responsibilities. But it's back to when we understand how God made us, and when my spirit is in line with the Holy Spirit, prayer's going on all the time because it's conversational. It's not just me telling God what I want. It's the Spirit of God impressing upon me the will of God so that my life can be lived out to honor and glorify Him. And by the way, if you'll take the time to survey some folks who've been Christian for a long time, particularly if you happen to be a newbie, and you survey them, you will find that everybody gets to this place if they're going to walk this out. It's not an overnight success. There's not a whole lot of fanfare with it. It's just that you grow into that intimacy with the Holy Spirit where you know this is what he is saying. And we learn to recognize his voice. We learn to recognize how he um, indicates to us or reveals to us what it is that he's leading us to do and he's leading us into. And so in this scripture in John 14, in the upper room, Jesus Christ is ready to be arrested. He knows that's coming. He knows he's going to die. And so he is now helping his followers 
By the way, have you ever measured the success of Jesus? Think about the success of Jesus. He lived for 33 years. When he did die, most of those who were following him abandoned him. When he would stop doing some of the things we mentioned, the crowds would evaporate. And so if we were using today's measuring of success, we would say he was a failure. I mean, really? Out of all that he did, he had 120 people who ended up in the upper room. But if you think about this, when the Spirit of God, which is who we're talking about today, came as Jesus said that he would, that small group of people literally changed the world then and now. And as our world becomes darker as it is, it is us and the Holy Spirit working in us and the light from that that will make the difference for many, many people and what their eternal destiny ends up being. Say, wow, that's a heavy responsibility. No, that's an incredible joy and opportunity. So look at what he says. The guys are there. They're listening. They don't really yet understand that this is exactly what's going to happen. They don't get the timetable, but he does. So he says, here's what I tell you. Whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater works than these things because I'm going to the Father. Now, remember, we listed some of the things that he did. The miracles, the healing, the resurrection of the dead, the feeding the multitude, casting out demons. Those are things that he did. He says, and you guys will do even more than that. Now, let that resonate for a little bit because guess what? He wasn't just talking about the disciples who were in the upper room. He was talking about every person who would follow him in the generations to come. And guess who that includes? I'm sorry, that was not a rhetorical hand raising. It includes all of us who know Christ. Every person who knows Christ is a part of what he's talking about here when he says, you will do greater things than these because he says, I am physically leaving. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Now, It sounds like Jesus is saying, because he's moving toward prayer here, that whatever, and these guys remember, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. They made the connection. It's, it's like he's saying to them, you can have what you want. It's a blank checkbook. But there's a qualifier you ask it in my name. Now, think about this. Does that mean that every time you pray, every time you pray, every time you pray, you can pray for whatever it is that's on your heart, on your mind. Every time you pray, when you finish that prayer, at the end of that prayer, you say, in Jesus' name. And it's like the magic formula. I get it. 
Well, that's not what it means, <laughs> just so you know. What it means is that everything we pray in his name is in alignment with his character and his work. In other words, back to, if you have not taken the time to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are the four gospels that reveal his life on earth, and then the book of Acts to express it through the followers of Christ. If you've not taken time to do it, you won't know what that is. You won't know. I'm sorry. Now, please don't misunderstand me. There are people who do not have the written word of God. And the Holy Spirit of God works in their lives. But guess what? We do. And so we are not excused for not having taken the time in our busy schedules to spend some time in his word. It's imperative. If we're going to be in this journey of truth, this life that God's given us, then we're going to have to know what that truth is. Well, we take time to figure out what that is, and we do that by spending time in his word. So as we pray in Jesus' name... We should be able to know that as we're praying in his name that we're doing this, one, because the Spirit of God is leading us to do so, and what we've been offering up to God as our prayer is that it is truly in line with him. In fact, the ultimate end of every prayer is this. Does it glorify God in the end? You say, well, you know, I pray for a lot of money all the time, and And if God ever gives me that money, I promise you, I'll do something good with it. Well, the question you would have to ask yourself then is, what are you doing with what you have now? Because it kind of indicates what you'll do in the future if you had more. Nothing wrong with having it. That's not the point. It's how is it being used? So Jesus says, this is how I want you to do life. And if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you, here we go, and he will give you another advocate, the word in the Greek is paraclete, to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. So here we are in this message, the truth of the Holy Spirit, or the spirit of truth. And how this has then played out in all of our lives. It says he's our advocate. He is our paraclete. It's the idea of one who comes alongside and renders the appropriate aid at the appropriate time so that we have the help that we need to go through life as God designed for us and desires for us whatever our circumstances may be. And we don't get to pick the circumstances, do we? We do, however, get to choose how we will respond to all the circumstances, whatever they may be. As I'm looking across the room, I'm seeing people, and I know some of the things you've been through. Some have been of great elation, and others have been of great difficulty and tragedy. And yet the Holy Spirit of God living in us, is the advocate. He is the paraclete. He is the helper that I need in all that I'm going through. And he will be with you forever. He doesn't quit 
Because it's Friday. It's every day, all day, for the rest of our lives. He said, I will not leave you, but I'll be with you until the end of the age. The world cannot accept him. See, when we listen to the news, even though the news has, in my opinion, this is my opinion, ceased to be news anymore. Now it's someone's take on things, and we all have that, someone's opinion on things. The world cannot accept him. So you're in line in a store and somebody is misbehaving and you're thinking well they should know better and you're right they should they should know better but for us to assume for us to assume that they will know what we know because we have the person of the holy spirit is really wrong for us to do so In one of the latter psalms, in one of those psalms of praise there toward the end, David says, you deal with Israel as you do because they know your commands or they know your word. You have not dealt with other nations because they don't know. So the question for us is, how will those that we encounter in our life, whether it's our families, our neighbors, our co-workers, our classmates, how will they come to know the truth of God, the truth of the Holy Spirit, the truth of His Word? How will they know that? It's through our lives. Isn't it really interesting that God didn't do a plan B? He just said, here's my followers. Here's the Holy Spirit. That's what he's talking about here. The advocate is coming. We know that happened on Pentecost. We know that Because of him, our lives are totally different, totally changed, for he lives with you and will be what? In you. See, it's not just the advocate who comes alongside. He's the advocate who comes within and lives within us. And as a result of that, our lives reveal the very God that we serve. And now let's go to this. Because here's one of the areas that I wanted to talk about this morning. The primary is prayer. How do we get to this place in prayer that God wants us to be at? In the same way, Paul writes to the Romans, the Spirit, remember the one that Jesus introduced his disciples back in the upper room before his arrest? In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. In other words, he's acknowledging the fact that Sometimes we're just not as strong as we need to be. In fact, another place Paul writes to the Corinthians, he says, it's in your weakness that he he reveals his strength. Now, that doesn't mean you go around saying, I'm just weak, I'm a mess. No, it's not that because you're growing, you're maturing, but you understand there's still areas in your life that God wants to mature you, grow you up. And so Paul says in the same way, and by the way, if you haven't spent time in uh, Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8, let me interest you in doing that let me advocate you to do that spend time because in romans 5 6 7 and 8 it takes you from being the dirty rotten sinner that we are before christ to being the saint of god who's living without condemnation and paul does that in those chapters he just he lays it out 
It's amazing. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for. Now, again, like I told you, I have a prayer that I've developed over years that's biblically based. I can support it all by Scripture that covers my whole life, interest in my world, so to speak. But I know that there are so many other things that are on the heart of God and people that are on the heart of God that I may not know. May not know about what they're going through, but the Spirit of God does. So He, the Spirit Himself, intercedes for us through wordless groanings. I hope, and this may sound a little morbid, I don't want it to be, I do hope that you've had in your own personal life experience some times where you absolutely did not know how to pray. You were in such a place that really all you could do was moan and groan and cry out to God. But the Holy Spirit will take those wordless expressions as they were and interpret them into the very throne room of God. And there, your prayers will be heard and answered by our God who is eternal. Now, that's, that's prayer. <clears throat> Years ago, we were concerned. Some of the leaders who were here then are still here with us now. And we were concerned about the level, the prayer, the level of prayer in our church. And in that particular time frame, Don Edders was leading that effort. And we were talking and meeting and we were praying and trying to get understanding of what God wanted to do. And I truly believe that God gave Don a revelation that helped all of us. He said, you know, Steve, what God is showing me is that isn't that because we can't make anybody pray. We can't. We can encourage them. We can teach them, but we can't make anybody pray. He said, but here's what, here's what God has shown me. Are we giving them opportunity? And even now, you know, the prayer room we have here, uh, do we need more opportunity for prayer? I'm sure we do. And we will, as God leads us, be able to develop that. We have the prayer room. The folks are working, trying to develop their prayer trail, prayer trail out behind the building into the woods. We have our prayer chain. But here's what we have that I think is so amazing and wonderful. That we can walk up to one another. And ask for prayer and get it. That to me is part of the atmosphere of this church family. That no matter what we're going through, there's somebody here that we can go to and express our need for prayer and we get it. Is that not, well, maybe you don't think about it as I do in the sense of how incredible that is. That we, we actually can do that. And so it's not orchestrated in one sense. It's not like it's planned. It's just 
the Holy Spirit of God working in all of our lives as the family that we are in Christ. And in that Holy Spirit working in us, accomplishing in all of our lives all that he wants to do, there is glory and praise and honor to him. Now, does that mean we're all the way where we need to be? And my answer would be, I don't think so. And you guys know I tend to hang out with dead guys, okay? They're really good dead guys. In other words, their writings are inspirational. And another one that you haven't heard a lot about but has been a, a large part of my life in developing is Ray Stedman. He was pastor in California, Pensacola Bible Church out there for years and years, and he's passed away now. And when I was looking at this, I found this quote by Ray Stedman. He says, when he's talking about us truly walking in and carrying out the prayer as we should, as revealed here in Romans. He says, if you, we're talking about speaking of us, means that you're under the control of the Holy Spirit and yielding obedience to his total sovereignty. It means that we have totally collapsed and repented of all our rebellion against him. You know, quenching and grieving the Holy Spirit when he's leading you to do something and you say no. That's what he's talking about. Or we might say, this again, Ray Stedman's quote, we might say, oh, I'm not rebellious against the Spirit of God. Why, I'm a Christian. I don't rebel against him. And then Stedman says this, let me ask you the question. What kind of life are you living? Is it God-centered or self-centered? Is it pleasing to yourself that your activities are done and your desires are met? Then you are. And rebellion against God. Let me read that again. He says, what kind of life are you living? Is it God-centered or self-centered? Now, see, here's the thing about that. We can be involved in church and and be involved in really good things, but it's still about me and me getting recognition for what I'm doing. Sad, but it's true. Is it to please yourself that your activities are being done and your desires are being met? And if it is, you are in rebellion against the Spirit of God. And to have him dwelling in you means that you have totally, completely surrendered. And you're saying to him, whatever he requires... The answer is yes, with total and complete commitment. If our relationship with Jesus is going to count in our world, then how we live life in our world has to reveal who he is in us, in the Holy Spirit. See, that's those little things. We just had Thanksgiving, 
I hope you had a really good Thanksgiving. But do you know that um, during Thanksgiving, domestic violence picks up? Because families are in close proximity. <laughs> it's not funny, but it is kind of like, really? When in fact, as we as families who are truly in Christ and the Holy Spirit is truly in us, then how we do life reveals to the world who Jesus really is. Remember the phrase we captured years ago from R.T. Kendall? If you have only the word of God, you can tend to dry up. In other words, I have encountered people who are so theologically sound, it amazes me with their intellect and their capacity to understand the scripture. But their life to me, and sounds like I'm being critical, I hope that I'm not, but it seems so dry. And then it says in his quote, but to have only the spirit of God... You can blow up because you can get so emotional that you let your emotions run the show. God gave us emotions, but they were never to run our lives. So if you have only the word of God, you can dry up. If you have only the spirit of God, you can blow up. But when you have the word of God and the spirit of God, that's when we grow up. And that's all we're saying today is. Let the Spirit of God take the Word of God and put it in your heart and your life as He desires it to be done. And let's grow up. And let's demonstrate to this world that we live in that is getting darker and darker. That we are the light. And that God chose us. That still amazes me. God chose us to live in this time in world history. Man, what a blessing. What an opportunity, but what a challenge. Would you stand? Holy Father, (laughs) I am overwhelmed with gratitude that you've chosen us. Those who are your kids in our world today to be your ambassadors and your representatives your kids, showing this world that we live in what a good God you are. What a righteous God you are. What a loving God you are. And what a just God you are. And as we leave this building and go to our responsibilities, family, work, school, whatever they might be, that this world can say as religious leaders of the past have said of your followers they took note that they'd been with Jesus so thank you God for helping all of us spend that time with Jesus that you want us to do Holy Spirit fill us Manifest your fruit. Manifest your gifts. But most of all, reveal our Jesus. 
to this lost and dying world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.